what up, what up? So funny. Oh, man, this is exciting. And Beard of Sweet at the same time. Last Chi Alpha. Yeah, Katie needs to sit down. Whoa, Nathan Bottoms here. Hey, everyone. I was actually just stalling, waiting for him. He just finished running 48 miles on his way here. He ran to Fairmont and back to get some dairy cream. If anybody doesn't know, that's Charles' favorite restaurant. If you ever want to give him a, a gift card, get, get him a gift card to Dairy Cream Corner. It's in Fairmont. In fact, he would love it if you just drove him down there. It, it's it's the <laughs> Okay, we'll stop talking about Charles's favorite restaurant. We can get started. So this is the end. This is the end of our not only the year. It's the end of our Corinthians. It's the end of a lot of things. You know, it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet. I've really enjoyed this series. Uh, we've had the privilege of talking about Corinthians. As most of man, it's a lot of naughty kids today. A lot of conversations. I'm gonna wait for Bray to finish before I say anything else. Oh, my bad. I didn't even see you there. I didn't mean that. That was a joke. I'm messing with you. No, I understand. I know what's up. I uh, spent much time in detention, so, and suspension, and some other things. So, detention, suspension. I wish expulsion kind of flowed in it, but it doesn't flow. It just, detention, suspension, expulsion doesn't flow. Not a wordsmith. If I was a wordsmith, maybe I could make it work. But, um... Yeah, we get to talk about Corinthians. I, it is bittersweet tonight because I've really enjoyed this series. We've been able to talk about this church who, shout out again to Rachel and Ada. I don't know. There you are. They joined us in a staff meeting last year, and this series, is because, it was per their recommendation. This is, we did this because they brought it up. They suggested it. And we've been able to talk about this church that had a lot of problems. And Paul had to come in and just kind of put some things in order. And so he was able to talk about a lot of topics that we've been able to talk about this semester. You know, we got to talk about, you know, what, should, what we should do with our freedom. We got to talk about dating within that. We got to talk about money. We got to talk about gender roles. We talked about a ton of stuff. Resurrection, love, being a slave and an apostle and what that looks like, the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit. So we've, like, we've talked about a lot of stuff. And tonight, you know, we get to, get to talk about one of Alex's favorite Favorite passages. In fact, Alex, you can go ahead and make your way down here because Alex is going to read for me tonight. Oh, someone's ticklish. <laughs> Dang. Well, the good news is Damani stopped eating at his uh, favorite restaurant, which used to serve idol meat, so we didn't have to talk about uh, food sacrifice to idols. We also don't live in Arkansas, so we didn't have to talk about incest. That was nice. And uh, I'm sorry, was that mean? That was, I, that was, I, that was, I'm sorry, I take it back. That wasn't supposed to, never mind. Anyone who's from Arkansas, it's a great place. I have friends in Arkansas. This is actually, you know, I, I own a timeshare there. Actually, can you own a timeshare? That's a bad joke. But, but yeah, we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. It sounds like I'm all over the place. I'm just disappointed that we're finishing this series because we've really been able to have some fun. Remember this church, they basically had the issue of they are a church with a lot of potential, but 
they live in a city with a promiscuous reputation. And they are trying to figure out how to look like the church without looking like the city at the same time. How to be in a corrupt place but not let the culture of the city become the culture of the church. And so we're about to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul has just been talking about his rights and all the rights that he ought to have as an apostle. Not ought to have, but does have. But then he finishes it off by saying, you know what, though I have all these rights, I will not use these rights. The very rights that I have, I will, not, I will save them from myself in order to save them for others. I will, I, will, I will choose to not do what I prefer in order to do what others prefer. And that's where we get the verse, I became, or not the verse, but the text where he talks about, to the Jews I became a Jew, and to the Gentiles I became a Gentile, and to the weak I became weak, and to all these different groups of people I became all these different types of things. And why did he say he did this? And it says in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, it says, though I am free, I belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. And so he's doing all this to talk about, though I have these rights, I will not use them in order to see, in order that I might see some saved. And then he finishes it off with this. And we're going to read from the New Living Translation. I'm sorry, I've handed it off like, fake handed it off like twice to you. We're going to read from the New Living Translation, change it up a little bit tonight. Uh, so go ahead. He starts in 23. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified for the prize. Well, let's pray. Father God, thank you for what you've let us enjoy this year. Thank you for how much you've allowed us to grow. Thank you for this wonderful group of people here tonight, Lord. Thank you for you. I pray that you would open up your scripture to us. Prepare our hearts, Lord, to to really take what you want to say to us from it. I pray, Lord, that you would help us and prepare us not only for the summer, but for the rest of our lives. Speak to us, Lord God. We want to hear your voice. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a really fun text. This life is a race. It's a race. That's why I had to wait for Mr. Bonham, because he likes to run some races. In fact, I'm going to mention you a couple of times tonight. I didn't ask you. I'm just <laughs> kind of announcing it tonight or right now. But, yeah, Paul is saying this life is a race. It's a race. And specifically, not just this life, but our Christian life, our relationship with God. Once, once, once we turn our eyes to him, it is a race. It's not this one-time moment where, you know, you say, I give my, you know what, I trust you, Jesus, 
And from that point forward, we have this ticket to heaven and everything is over and we're just kind of coasting and, or putting up with what's going on around us. No, it's a race. It's a struggle. It's a fight. And we know anyone who's run a race, Charles used to run races. He told us that a couple weeks ago. Anyone who's run a race, there's a finish line. And Paul is saying, look, I'm not at the finish line myself, and neither are you in Corinth. In fact, if you're a Christian, you're not at the finish line if you're still alive in this body, in this life at this time. You are not at the finish line yet. In fact, he says something at the very end where he he talks about being disqualified for the prize. And I love what the message says because the message... I just think the message says it so well. He says, I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else about the gospel, and then missing out for myself. That's Paul. Paul speaking about finishing well. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. This, this race that we have, and the fact that it does have a finish line. And in order for you to make it to that finish line, it has to be on purpose. It just has to be. Earlier today, I was, uh, so some of you know, a few of us haven't been here um, for the past few days. Me, Christopher, Katie, Zoe, we were all in Texas. Got to celebrate my mother's, uh, got to celebrate Mother's Day this past weekend. And it was, it was really awesome. Got to see some of our family. Got to see my dad, who he is, man, he's always traveling. In fact, I came into town, and I was like, I hope I catch him. And then I'm like, hey, we're in town. And he's like, actually, I'm out of town. And so he's always traveling. But got to have breakfast with him this morning. And in having breakfast with him, he's telling me this story where he was taking some of his coworkers to Washington, D.C., where they had a conference to go to. But he told him, he said, make sure you bring your running shoes because, you know, I plan to work out, and you all got to work out with me. And so they were like, Okay, that didn't sound too bad. And so the first day, they go and they run around the mall area. Or the first morning, he gets them up early. They run around the mall area. It's like three or four mile run. And they're like, man, we're pretty tired. And so the next day, the next morning, he calls them on. He's like, hey, let's go run. And they're like, man, we thought you were going to do like an every other day kind of thing or like like just one run, you know, on the trip. And we, we did enough for the trip. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is every day. And so they ran again, and they were pretty mad. And the next day... He called him, and no one answered their phone. And he kept calling and kept calling, and, and no one answered their phone. And he was telling us, and he was like, you know, they were pretty mad at me. But the way that I see it is, I'm getting old. He just celebrated this 50th birthday. And he said, I'm getting old. And the only way that I'm going to be in shape at this point in time in my life is if I'm on purpose about staying in shape. I'm not going to stumble upon staying in shape. That just doesn't happen. And that's what Paul is kind of talking about here. He's saying, this, isn't, this is going to be on purpose. If you're going to finish this race, if I'm going to finish this race, it's not going to be because I stumbled upon it. It's not because it just happened. It's because I lived life on purpose. I took my relationship with God seriously. Devin Williams. I really like Devin Williams. He's on a basketball team for, for anybody who doesn't know who he is, he's the tallest guy on the basketball team. And he looks like he could take, he could, he could give Hulk a run for his money. Dude is jacked. He is so big. And he's going to be leaving soon because he's going to get drafted in the NBA, which is cool. 
But Devin Williams, what's the difference between Devin Williams and you, Matt, when you go play at the rec center? <laughs> well, I don't want to put Matt on the spot. Rachel, you play basketball. Ado, you play basketball. A lot of us play basketball. What's the difference between him and us when we go to the rec center and play? <laughs> that, too. That is, that's, that's a big difference. He practices more than y'all do, more than any of us do. Why? Because this isn't something he does with his free time. This is something that he takes seriously. This is something that he cares about. And that's what Paul is saying. This is not something I do with my free time. I take this seriously. This is a big deal to me. He says in verse 24, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. And I love what it says in Hebrews 12. And we're going we're gonna to hang out in Hebrews 12 for a good bit tonight. Hebrews 12, one, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. If this... If our relationship with God is a race, and if it's meant to be taken seriously, then how, how should we go about doing that? What should we do? Paul talks about it. He talks about it in verse 25 and 26. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training, so I run with purpose. And every step, I am not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I mentioned that I was going to talk about Nathan a little bit tonight. We went on a camping trip. It was like the second pick on the slideshow. Awesome camping trip. We had a lot of fun. It was, uh, if anybody got to see The Revenant, it was actually shot. Some of it was shot during our camping trip. We got to see Leo t- get taken out by a bear. Uh, you know, it was, it was crazy. You know, we were like, man, you got it. But, you know, it, it was, didn't work out for him. But on that camping trip, it was so funny because Nathan Bonham was there at the first night we were there. And the next morning, we're eating breakfast, and I'm like, man, where's Nathan? And everybody's like, where's Nathan? And Christopher's like, oh, he's running, uh, you know, 400 miles this morning for uh, training for some super marathon. Really, it was like 20. He had, he, you ran for like, what, three? You were gone for like four or five hours training for a super marathon, which I think is 30 miles for that one, and he got second. Dude's a freak. But that's discipline. He woke up. I'm pretty sure it was like, there was no light outside when he woke up. And he finished running and it was like five in the evening. I mean, he was, (laughs) that's discipline. He was, that was so much discipline. And he's modeled discipline all throughout the year training for these races that he constantly dominates in. But what Paul is saying is, that's it. I'm going to have to discipline my body. I'm going to have to do things. I'm going to have to wake up early. I'm going to have to run a whole lot earlier than when the actual race happens. I'm going to have to do different things to put myself in a situation to succeed because that's what athletes do. I got the privilege of running with, uh, there he is, Sean. A few weeks ago, we ran sprints, and we realized some things. 
we realized that Kegler's, though overpriced and quite savory at the same time, Kegler's wings are not the best thing to eat right before you go run. That's, that was a discovery that we had. My stomach didn't feel great. Sean's stomach had a revolt, and he got to paint the intramural field with what was in his stomach. Because Kegler's isn't the best thing to eat. But we all know this. Anybody who's played sports, any athletes, you know that there's certain things that you eat, and it's bad for you. And, and Hebrews talks about it. All athletes know this, that there are certain things that are bad for you as you run a race. And, and bad food, a bad diet, that's in the bad category. It's stuff you know that if you're going to train. We trained for a marathon a few weeks, weeks a couple years ago. Uh, was that a couple years ago? Was that a year and a half? Yeah. Me, Christopher, Charles, we were training for a marathon. We almost ran it, but it got filled up, and so we stopped training, and we were like, all right, we're done with this. <laughs> hey, we, tried, we, we trained for like three months. So it wasn't like, I mean, I got to the, like the 12-mile mark, which is a joke when you compare it to this guy over here. His man runs for days. But I had to change what I ate because of that. I had to change my diet. Because when you work out or when you're athletic and you eat bad food, it does a lot of things to you. It makes you where you can't run as fast. It makes you where you feel terrible when you're running. It makes you where you feel heavy and you can't run as far as you'd like. It's like sin. Sin is a weight and it holds you back as we run this race. And Paul's saying is like, eh. I don't want sin in my life. I don't want that because that is going to hold me back from finishing this race. I'm not going to be able to run with perseverance. I'm not going to be able to run with speed. I'm not going to be able to run and feel good. I'm going to feel terrible. Oh, man, I, I could quote LeCrae right now on some stuff, but I'm, I'm going to hold back. Nate, Nate would love that. Well, I will quote this. In this song, Killer, where he's talking about, you know, sexual temptation, he says it so well where he talks about how it'll strip away your joy when you, have, when you, let, when you let sexual immorality into your life, it will strip away your joy. And you think about that. He's not saying that it, it's, he's not talking about how to keep you from, like, actually finishing. He's hinting at how you will feel as you are trying to finish. You'll feel terrible. In this relationship with God, it's such a great word picture, or not word picture, but it's just, it's just such a great line. It will strip away your joy. But one thing, about athlete, um, one thing about being an athlete, we also know this. If you are an athlete, you not only give up bad things, you've got to give up good stuff, too. It has to go as well. Sleep is good. Sleep is a great thing, but as Mr. Bonham showed us, sleep was standing in the, in the way of him being successful in what he was trying to get to. In fact, this man, most of the running he does, is it starts when there's no light outside because that's what it took in order for him to win the race. There's a lot of things that we have in our lives, and Paul is painting this picture, and he paints, he paints the picture not just in this text but before where he's talking about the rights that he has that he would deny himself. Don't I have the right to this relationship or that relationship? Don't I have the right to sleep where I want or have this much money or do this? He says, though I have these rights, I'm not going to take advantage of, 
of these rights that I have in order to be more successful in what I'm trying to accomplish. I think about some of the things we're about to embark in the summer. Summer's a great time, but summer can be great for the race or it can be terrible for the race. And if we take our summer seriously, if we're looking at this like it's a race and we want to take it seriously, what have you done to prepare yourself for the summer? How are you looking at it? How are you taking it seriously? Have you put things in place or have you made goals that include you, you running faster or you running farther over the summer or have you made goals that have nothing to do with this race? And, and not just goals regarding bad things, and, but also goals regarding good things. What I remember my, fir my first summer back home, it was, it was not good. It was not good. My first summer after I was in Chi Alpha, it was not good. And in my second year, after my second year, I had a great summer. The, t the one difference between those two summers was the first summer I said, oh, yeah, I intend to run this race well over the summer, had no plans, didn't read the Bible, didn't read anything, didn't really pray much. I'd gotten to a whole bunch of things that I'd gotten to before I joined Chi Alpha, before I'd given my life to the Lord. And the second summer, me and a friend were like, hey, let's read Isaiah and Jeremiah together. Let's go through these books together. We called each other up every, every once in a while because we didn't live right next to each other, but we lived our summer on purpose. We had goals going into it. We took this race seriously. How are you doing that? How are you preparing it? What good things are you willing to push aside and have less of in order to be successful this summer? We have to think about this stuff. But not only do we need to think about the fact that this, this walk is a race. And not only do we need to think about the fact of what it takes in order to be successful, because we do need discipline and we do need to take it seriously, but how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we run this race with discipline? Not just this next year, not just this summer, but for the rest of our lives. I want to look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And I'll read it again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love, I love what it says there. I love what the KJV says. The King James Version says, let us run with patience. This says, let us run with perseverance. Two very similar words. It's going to take patience, and it's going to take perseverance to run this race. I look around this room, and it's been, it's been a treat. This year has been so much fun. Looking at all of your faces, I've seen so many of you grow so much. Some of you, I know your stories. You've told them to me. You said what you were hoping to accomplish when you came to WVU. Some of us, it was, you know, we wanted to en enjoy the college experience. Some of us were trying to take a break from God and religion. 
Some of us were looking for a Christian community, but we were like, are we going to find one at WVU? But it doesn't matter what you were looking for or how you came to be here, you're here. And some of us have grown a lot, and we feel like totally different people. I feel like a different person. But some of us have not grown as much as we wish we had. Some of us are looking around the room, and we're looking at some of our friends, or we're thinking about some of our friends, and some of the things that they enjoyed that we didn't enjoy, and we're kind of dissatisfied. We're like, man, I didn't grow as much as I wish I did. I didn't say yes to some of the things that I should have said yes to. I didn't walk away from some of the things I should have walked away from. And I love this verse because it speaks directly to that. A.W. Tozer says this so well. He says, in the Bible, the race of life is never considered from the viewpoint of speed. We are to run with patience. Patience. For some reason, we have this idea, not just in the church, but just in society, where we think, we think this, this walk or this race is going to be about instantaneous mat- maturity. We think that we'll have it all together once we started trying. Or once we start, once, once we agree, like, I don't want to do this anymore, we think that a week later we're going to be totally different people. But that's not how a race works. I think it's, you know, I, I mentioned, Nathan, that I talk about you a lot tonight. I'm going to talk about you again. I think it was, what, two months before that, that, tri- uh, that race? Or at least a month that you were training for it. I think it was at least two months that you ran the race, but you started training long before. We like sports teams. We like all different types of sports. Those teams, they get together months in advance, before the season even starts, to get ready. When we want to get in shape, do we go to the gym one day and then wake wake up the next day thinking like, okay, sweet, I should be jacked. (laughs) This is one, one and I'm done. I'm good. I'm good to go. Elizabeth raised her hand. Three days or less. Get jacked in three days or less. I hope that comes back next year. It was, it was too quiet this year. And I hope the shirts are around too. Four people got that joke. But it's a great joke. But we have this jack in the beanstalk idea of maturity or growth when it comes to ourselves. And especially with the Lord. Now, I take that back. Not just with ourselves, but with everyone. We look at ourselves and we're like, oh, man, I should be here by now. Or we look at, we look at other people and we're like, man, that's why I don't like that person. I try to like them, but then they do stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, this person is trying to change. But look, you're not growing fast and neither are they. Because this is not instantaneous. God loves fruit. He talks about it all throughout scripture. Does fruit come in a day? Does fruit come in a week? This is a race. It's long. Just to quote a friend of mine and a friend of Christopher's, because he quoted him last week, talked him up, and I'm going to talk him up just as much because the dude is legit. Henry Drummond, greatest greatest thing in the world. If If you don't have that book, you can get it for like two bucks on Amazon. Two bucks, that's half a burger. Or, or that's a really cheap and bad burger that you need to save yourself from eating. Like, it's, it's such a good book. Amazon, if you don't have Amazon Prime, find someone who has it. I have it, I'll, give, I'll, I'll buy it for you. In fact, I have some in my house, just ask me for it. 
You can't have one, but you already have it, so I'm not going to give it to you. But you might give it to someone else, so actually you can't have it. You can take as many as you want. <laughs> to the Henry German quote. He says, growth must be spontaneous. A boy not only grows without trying, but he cannot if he tries. The man who struggles in agony to grow makes the church into a workshop when God meant it to be a beautiful garden. Hebrews 12 says, let us run with perseverance or patience, the race marked out for us. You got to be patient with yourself and you got to be patient with others and you have to be patient with God. Not because he's going to fail you, but because sometimes your expectations are not his expectations. And so your expectations will collide with his and you'll come away dissatisfied, not because he did anything wrong to you, but just because he did it a different way than you wanted. You gotta be patient with yourself. You gotta be patient with the people around you and you gotta be patient with God. Run with patience, run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. I love how it talks about Jesus in this verse because it paints the picture of how he was running a race as well. And there was a finish line for him. It said, looking to Jesus as we run this race, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. That's who we ought to look to as we run this race. That's how we can do it. It is not easy. The very idea, the very nature of a race is that it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable, but as Paul says it, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Other athletes do it to get things that won't last forever. We think about different, different athletes. It doesn't matter what sports you like. It's, it doesn't matter if it's Carly Lloyd or Messi or, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, J.J. Watt, Steph Curry. It doesn't matter if it's Jordan Spaeth. I can't say Tiger Woods because he's not, he's not coming back. But we look at these athletes, but Tiger Woods is a great example. Great example. This man is, this man is about to be forgotten. And other people are going to talk about him because the praise that you get on this earth, it does not last. The applause, the money, the appreciation, it does not matter. Steph Curry, man, everybody's talking about this dude. Everybody's saying, oh, this dude will never be forgotten. He's going to be one of the greatest of all time. He'll be forgotten one day. He'll be forgotten because that crown does not last. And the stuff that we do, the stuff that we do for here, it will not last either. One day, no one's going to care about your degree. One day, no one's going to care about how much money you have, even if you get all the money in the world. There's a lot of people who had all the money in the world all throughout history, and we don't even remember a lot of their names. In this life, things are forgotten, and there's only really two things that last. There's who God says you are to him, because of how you loved him. And then there's people around you. But not what those, not what people accomplished here, but it's their souls in eternity. I love how C.S. Lewis says it. We are not, we are not bodies that have souls. We are souls that have bodies. We are eternal beings. And how you loved him and how you loved them will be the only thing that mattered in the end. Nothing else will last. 
all the stuff that we build up, it will not last. And I don't say that to be pessimistic. I just say that to say there are certain things that are worth our time more than others. There are certain things that are worth laying our lives down for. And laying your life down for a crown that will not last in this life, it just isn't worth it. I said that Jesus, Jesus is the pioneer. I didn't say this. Hebrew said it. He is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And it is to him that we look to. Do you realize that it was you that he looked to? as he ran this race, because when he left heaven, he already had glory. He was already holy. He didn't need anything. In the triune God, that's it. there's everything. There's a relationship. There's everything you need. He came here, and there was only one thing that he wanted. There was only one thing in the end, and that was you. And he endured the cross, and he endured the shame of the cross, and the shame of all of our shame. For you, he looked to us, and we get the privilege to look to him because he, he is the crown that lasts forever. It is him. It's not heaven because heaven is a part of him. Heaven is a part of his package deal. It's not life and happiness because those things come with him. It's not anything that we try to get. It is him. You get him and you get everything else. You get heaven, you get joy, you get peace, you get life, you get him, you get real relationship. He is the one at the finish line. He is who we run to. I love how it says, I love how it says as I I think about him, that he is the one who is fairer than 10,000. He is the brother that's, he is the one who sticks closer than a brother. He is the rock of ages. He is the lamb who was slain, who took away the sin of the world. It is him. We run to him. This life is a race. And it has a finish line. And we're not at the finish line yet. And it takes discipline. And it takes patience with ourselves and with others. And it takes us looking to him at the end and running to him. It's my prayer that all of you have a great summer. A summer where you don't come back and you're like ashamed to look at me in the eyes. And it's, I understand those summers. I've had, I've had, I've had summers like that. But even more than just having a good summer, I want to see y'all finish the race. And I want to finish the race as well. Paul said, I don't want to be disqualified for the prize. We can do this. We can do this. And we look to him as we do it. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. You are fairer than 10,000. You are my beloved. You are the rock of ages. You are all these things and so much more. For some of us who don't know how beautiful and awesome and lovely you are, would you help us to see that, especially this summer? Help us to see loving the people around us and loving you as worth it. I pray that the things that do not have durability, 
and will not last. I pray that you would help us to see those things and let our desire for them fall away where we don't need them and we don't make our lives about them. Help us, Lord God. Help us to love you with all that we are. Help us, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name.